everybody. Welcome back to the Greatest Mixtape Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Mac. And uh, we find ourselves now right in the middle of NFL playoff season. Yeah. Uh, heading into the big game, the Super Bowl, <laughs> uh, which got us thinking about halftime shows, Super Bowl halftime shows, and yeah. some of our favorites. There's been some amazing performances over the years, and there's been some that... Uh, maybe weren't so great. We're going to focus on the ones that were great. We're, we actually, uh, we picked five that we're going to discuss in, in just a few minutes. But uh, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about what the NFL was doing for halftime shows before they realized what a gem they had in their hands. I mean, this is 15 minutes right. of television time that has become almost as big as the game itself. But uh, it wasn't always such a, a cool thing. Right. Before the halftime show became this super <laughs> iconic moment that everybody looks forward to, the NFL made some interesting choices as far There's as the halftime There's some weird shit going go. on back in the day. <laughs> I mean, let's start, let's go back to 1970. Okay. The Super Bowl halftime show. That Super Bowl, what, three or four? Something like that. Carol Channing. That's hands yes. down the weirdest one ever right i mean carol channing what i would love just to see a bunch of like nfl executives sitting around a table in the old days like they all got suits on they're all smoking right. just chain smoking and what do you think boys what do you think boys what should we do i got it let's get that broad carol, carol channing. Channing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing says ratings like carol right. channing that is ridiculous <laughs> i mean let's be realistic i mean carol channing probably had more talent than the the two of us put together. I mean, this I is mean, true. Yes. Nothing against her as just a performer. Just odd, odd. It's yeah. so bizarre. <laughs> choice for a Super I Bowl. Mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, and I guess in the, the NFL's defense, they hadn't figured that out yet. They were, they literally had 15 right. minutes. They were like, what are we going to do? Who's hot yeah. right now? Carol, Carol apparently she was. <laughs> 1970. She was the Taylor Swift of 1970. <laughs> Carol Channing. I think I've heard someone say that before. <laughs> It's very, yeah. it's very accurate. Yeah. You know, okay, so th let's fast forward, say, I don't know, 22 okay. years. And they still hadn't quite figured it out yet, I don't think. Because in 1992, <laughs> the theme was winter, winter magic. Winter magic. A salute to the winter season and the Winter Olympics <laughs> featuring Gloria Estefan, Brian Boitano, and Dorothy Hamill. I mean, if that trio doesn't equal ratings, then I don't know what does. And it's funny, like in doing and going back and looking at every Super Bowl yeah. halftime show, right? Gloria Stefan has been in like four. She, or five. Yeah, she actually has. She's she's shown up a the, lot. Between her and the Miami yeah. Sound Machine, like she's she's gotta hold the record for the most halftime yeah. shows. Okay. Nineteen ninety seven, the Blues Brothers Bash <laughs> with Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and James. Yes. Bush. Interesting. Like John Goodman has done a Super Bowl halftime yeah. show. Yeah, that's bizarre. That's bizarre. The 90s were just Yeah, they were, they were crazy. 1999, the celebration of soul, <laughs> salsa, and swing featuring Stevie yeah. Wonder. Our, the yeah, our girl. Right. Gloria <laughs> Stefan. And Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Yeah. You know, because wow. the, the kids were all into Big Bad Voodoo Daddy at the time. I mean, you know, swing was hot, you know, for like... minutes. Yeah. I mean, but hey, good for them. I mean, oh, my for, God. For a band that had, you know, a, a pretty short run, yeah. you know, in the limelight. And they, and they get to do a Super Bowl. I mean, Bowl that is pretty show. cool. They're no Carol yeah. Channing, but, you no, know, no. But they had their moment in the sun for yeah. sure. <laughs> now, this one just gets me. I don't, it's, I knew, I knew you're going to pick this one. This is my favorite, too. This is such a wild lineup, a tapestry of nations. So, first off, <laughs> right when you hear the, the theme, you're like, oh boy, a tapestry. A of tapestry nations. of nations, a, a, a show that came out of a think tank of like old white guys. And they're going to do a show about a tapestry of nations. 
So the lineup: <laughs> Phil Collins, right? Who everybody loves. Absolutely. Christina Aguilera, one of my personal favorites. Enrique Iglesias yeah. and Tony Braxton. All right. Now, all four uh-huh. phenomenal yes, performers together. I just don't know the whole tapestry. I think the word is just irritating me. Yeah, I'll give you that. Tapestry is annoying, and also. While they have different ethnic backgrounds, three of the four are from the United States. Am I wrong? So it's really a tapestry of the U.S. and England. (laughs) Not a very broad brush there, guys. Well, nation. It is. I mean, so technically, yes, they are linguistically (laughs) correct. But um, that's a good call. I expected a longer list if it's a tapestry. That's not a very big tapestry. That's like two pieces of fabric sewn together. Yeah, it's just two pieces yeah. of yarn. That's, that's all. That's it. Sorry. You tied a string in a nut. It's Double a tapestry. <laughs> and let's not forget, yeah. Eric, 2004. Yeah. Janet, Miss mm-hmm. Jackson, mm-hmm. if you're nasty, with Kid Rock, P. Diddy, Nelly, mm-hmm. and of course, the man who, who did it. <laughs> the man who Justin did it. Timberlake. He orchestrated the whole thing. <laughs> he was he was the guy. <laughs> yep. Janet did not see that coming. You know what's so funny about that, though? I mean, I'm not even going to go for the low-hanging fruit and make, like, you know, boob jokes. But the fact that that's all anybody remembers, because until we started talking about this as a topic, I didn't even remember that Kid Rock, Nelly, and P. Diddy were part of that performance. It was just Janet and Justin. That's all anybody remembers. Like, Kid Rock was there? What? No clue. Had no right. idea. And do you remember what a big deal that was? Oh my when gosh, it happened? Like the uproar. Like how, like it was the worst thing anybody had ever yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. And what's what's amazing is is 20 short years later, that's nothing. You know, we had right. that WAP song all over the radio. Right. I mean, right, right. the song alone, the video is a thousand times more provocative and shows a whole lot more skin than those like 30 frames that you saw of Janet Jackson's breast. Yeah. I mean, and the world went bananas. Holy shit. The, yeah. The response was immediate. It yeah, was yeah. just, everybody was so up in arms yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching it live. Like it happened and I'm sitting there like, did I just see <laughs> did that? that? Was that? I remember I was like in a different room of the house. And I remember like yelling downstairs to my wife. Did, <laughs> did you just see it? Did, was that what I think it was? <laughs> Yeah. So, but, needless yeah. to say, the the Super Bowl has had some 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 ups, some downs, more downs than ups, um, in the past. But they've gotten it right more than a couple times, and and that's really what we're here Absolutely. to talk about today. Not not the the ridiculous choices that were made over the years, but the when when they got it right, they got it right. And uh, we we picked at least five times they got it right, and the performers were were top yeah, notch yeah. and worth watching. You know, there's been times where I was like, oh, is this thing over yet? And and these five that we're going to talk about, I could have watched a full concert. I mean, they were that good. Because, I mean, sometimes, you know, going in, oh, this is, you know, I'm just not excited about this. I don't care about the artist. Right. But then sometimes they just get it yeah. right. And then not just the right choice, but just the artist just going out there and realizing how big the stage yeah. is. And how many people are watching and just putting out a performance for the Yeah, ages. and truly, truly stepping up to the occasion and just killing it. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're not going to pick on Carol. No, we love you, Carol. <laughs> so unlike other episodes, um, we did not each pick five. We actually collaborated on this list uh, for a change, and we are going to focus on five. And what was great, too, is that we, you know, we had a meeting and we each had picked our own five. And I think four, at least three or four, we had picked 
the same ones yeah. anyway. So it was kind of easy. Yeah. To get to uh, agreement on the fifth one, we had a just a, a bare knuckle street brawl. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. We were both very passionate about Super Bowl halftime Yeah. My shows, lip is still so. healing. You caught me pretty good with that left. Yeah. This, we're going to have this shiner for a couple of weeks probably, but whatever. All right. So let's let's jump into our top five. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Coming in at number five. We're going back to 2009. Uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street yeah. Band. Super Bowl 43, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. And as far as the game, if you remember the game, that was the Steelers beating the yes. Cardinals. But uh, that halftime show and, 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 and Eric and I you know we've said this before I believe that you know we're not like diehard Springsteen no. fans you know absolutely have all kinds of respect for him and the Eastern Band for songwriting longevity and just you know everything that they bring but this performance and I, and I mentioned this to Eric a while ago this performance as I was watching it I was like I get it now. <laughs> I get yeah. Springsteen I understand why people go see him 20, 30 times or they follow him yeah. around the country. Like, I get it now. Yeah, he's got a pretty rabid fan base. Um, yeah. We had mentioned this in the, in the last episode, how, you know, certain bands have these, you know, diehard fans and Springsteen is one of those artists that his fans are, they've been loyal for decades. They'll be loyal forever. And just, yeah, they, they just love him. He is, you know, rock yeah. royalty. Absolutely. And I mean, and, and one of the things we talked about, we talked about, you know, a performance and not just you know the songs and everything, but the visual aspect of of the halftime show. Yeah. So with with Springsteen, like right away at the performance, he's talking. He's almost he's grabbing onto the camera. He's talking to you at home. Put down those chicken fingers. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. You know, and you feel it right off the right from the jump. You feel part of the show. Yeah, and and that's a really good point. Um, I had I had put that in my notes as well. How you know, and I can't say with one hundred percent certainty he was the first person to really make an obvious attempt to connect with the people at home. I don't know if he's the first, but he's certainly the first that I remember. And I actually was like, holy cow! Like you know, so many performers come out not just at the Super Bowl, but anytime they're on live TV or in front of a huge audience, they are playing to the people in front of them. And they're pandering to mm -hmm. them. And, and the cameras are just sort of secondary. They're just there. And Springsteen immediately, when he came out on stage, was making a connection with that camera and making a connection with the viewers at home, even maybe more so than the people in the crowd. It wasn't like he was ignoring the crowd, but he really made an effort to connect with the, the millions of people watching at home. And I just thought that was super, super cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got that little like walkout Second yeah, yeah, stage where ramp, he's playing out. Runway. He's out there, yeah, in front, you know, in the crowd. He's high fiving the fans. You know, at one point he runs across the stage, slides on his knees, and actually runs into the cameraman. <laughs> we, we, in, in my house, we call it the dick slide. When he did the dick slide. <laughs> yeah, that, that cameraman yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah he, he sure did. Fold. Yep. <laughs> but speaking of the cameras, though, all kinds of low angle camera shots. Yeah. Right? Uh, making you feel at home, like you're actually in the crowd, because the cameramen they're set up in with the fans looking up at Bruce right. on stage, and then we get get to the set list. Let's talk about sure. the songs. So he starts with Tenth Avenue Freeze mm -hmm. Out, um, which again, you know, not being a huge a huge Springsteen fan, but that's my favorite. Yeah, it's a good song. I love yeah, that song. song. You know, the horns, I mean, the big man on sax. Yeah. I love it. Born to Run, uh, Working on a Dream, which was a new song at the mm -hmm. time for him. Um, with a choir on stage, and then he finishes with glory days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 rewrites like, on, the man. lyrics to pertain to football instead of baseball in that one right, verse, right, right. which I thought was cool. You know, 
shows yeah. he cares. He took the time to do that and make yeah. it relevant to you know the performance he was giving. So and also too, man, you mentioned him briefly, but uh, Clarence Clemens, man, big big yeah. ups to the big man. God, he was awesome. Such a cool yeah. guy. I was uh, I had the good fortune of actually meeting him a couple times. Um, one of the clubs I used to DJ at many 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 years ago. He um, whenever they were in town, he actually popped in a few times um he he might have oh, might have known a couple of the girls who worked there but um yeah yeah really really super super cool guy um and just a giant dude oh my god you know they call him the big man for for an obvious reason that's why i like the saxophones when you watch him play they look so tiny in you know in his hand yeah. he was such a big guy but super sweetheart really really nice guy and uh yeah yeah just a just a, a joy to watch on stage as well i mean he was a great performer yeah yeah absolutely and like i said i just i that 10th avenue freeze up yeah like that sax in that song he kills just, it that's just a great yeah. song yeah but then of course it, glory days like you said the official yeah. glory days and and they do the thing with bruce and, and little steven singing together in the mic yeah. at the same time and, you know the whole thing yep. you gotta love yeah, it yeah absolutely all right, so that that was number five. Eric, where are we going to go for number four? So number four, we're going with Rihanna. Riri yeah. killed it. And yes, I call her Riri. 100%. It's still fresh on a lot of people's brains. It was just last year. It was uh, Super Bowl 57, Glendale, Arizona. Chiefs beat the Eagles. So for you Kansas City fans out there, congratulations on that one. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, Rihanna comes out and, and right out of the gate, dude. was just, you were like, wow. Never had yeah. seen a Super Bowl halftime show with that much production for a 15-minute performance. Oh right. my God! And if anybody listening did not watch the halftime show last year, go watch that performance. It was amazing. I mean, how many dancers did she have out there? Like 200 or something. I don't know. The, the choreography was just on so point, good, right? And they're all on those like those platforms, just kind of levitating, you know, up high. And before it even starts, she gets up there. And she looks and she just, she rubs yeah. her belly. She's yeah. pregnant. And she's, you know, that's like, you goddamn right, I'm pregnant. I'm going to blow your fucking And that mind was right her, now. that was her like, big reveal to the world, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure some people knew, but I mean, I guess it was kind of a secret. And she came out, opened up the jacket, the belly's there. She's like, whatever, man. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Yep. But just the, the visual aspect of it, the production. Yeah. Again, like you said, oh, shit, sure. Maybe we're not huge Rihanna fans, but who gives a shit, man? You don't need to be to appreciate that level of you know, attention yeah. to detail and artistry and the visual visualization of everything it was just incredible well, and that's i think that's what's so great about live performances too is that you see a performance like that or, or springsteen i mean i'm definitely a bigger fan of both of them now than i was before and again not that i didn't like Absolutely. them but i i appreciate them on a even you know a, a bigger level now after seeing the performance um i mean it looked like I keep I keep going back to like a video game, like those levitating platforms that the people were dancing on. It looked like an old like Donkey Kong video or something. It was like, what is going on in this thing? I was waiting for like Mario to run across or something. But um, it was it was a super, super cool production. And the performance was great. Like you said, the choreography was on point. Um, and to have yeah. that many people running around dancing in unison. And I watched it a second time because of the choreography. I really want to, because the first time I watched it, I, I was focused on her and her performance and her vocal delivery. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, there's so much going on. Let me watch this again. And so the second time I was strictly watching the dancers. And one of the things I took away from it was that every single one of those dancers, whether they were right next to her or in front of her or 63 people to the left that was barely on camera. Every single one of them was 
killing it and giving it 110%. Nobody was phoning that in. Every time they would like slam their foot or swing their arm or just do some move, every move was completely just, again, 110%. And it, it looked so, yeah. so cool. You know, it wasn't a lot of times you see a group that large performing and, you know, the few that are, you know, focused around the performer are really, really good. And then other people are just kind of there doing the moves. But I mean, like I said, that the person 50 people from the left was dancing just as hard as the people standing, you know, right next to Rihanna. So the performance was just so, so good. So good. And the music selection was killer well, too. Well, and they're doing all this while fucking levitating in the air. <laughs> yes. I mean these moving yeah. platforms on cables, and, like Right. And if you if you watch, like go back and watch, like there's some swinging though. There's some giving oh, yeah. though. So like they're up there doing these and, and there's some movement happening there. It's not like they're on solid. Yeah, ground. for sure. Which just makes it even more impressive that I mean I would be holding on for dear life on one of those platforms, let alone dancing. Not, not that I, I don't have a lot of moves anyway, but uh, certainly not enough to be in a Rihanna Super Bowl performance. No, I'd be stuck on my hands and knees, like asking someone, like, yeah, get, please, me get me down, this gang down. Where, where's the parachute? I'm not enjoying this. But, <laughs> so yeah, the performance is great. And another thing that was cool. Now Springsteen clocked in at what? Did he do like three? Three songs? Four? Okay, so four songs. And of four. course, not every song was in its entirety. You've got 15 minutes. but um, So he had four. Rihanna had 11 songs she crammed into. Yeah, so, she, I mean, some of them were just, you know, a quick verse and chorus, but 11 songs. I mean, and I'll, I'll just rattle them off because we could be here forever, but Bitch Better Have My Money. She opens with that, which I just think is awesome anyway. But uh, Where Have You Been? Only Girl in the World. We Found Love. Rude Boy. Work. Wild Thoughts. Pour It Up. All of the lights run this town umbrella and ends with diamonds. It was yeah. just, I mean, nonstop, just hit after hit after hit after hit. It was great. And of course, as just sort of casual listeners of, of Rihanna, again, we don't know anything sure. about her. You're sitting there and you're hearing these 11 songs and every one you're going, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I know I, that yeah. one. Yeah, no, I know that one. Holy shit, I know all these right. songs. Yeah, if you'd asked me to list a bunch of Rihanna songs, I probably would have got three or four and then to watch the performance, I was doing the exact same thing that you just said. I was like, Oh my God, I know this one. I know this one. I know this one too. Didn't know I was such a Rihanna fan, but uh, I certainly am now. All right. Let's move on to number three in the countdown right. here of our favorite Super Bowl halftime shows. Uh, number three, we're going to go back to 2002 uh, Super Bowl 36 U2, uh, the performance by yeah. U2. Uh, that was the uh, first Super Bowl post 9-11 in the, uh, it was in the New Orleans Superdome. Uh, Patriots beat the Rams. That was the Patriots' first. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. That, yeah, that run they went on for the yeah. last hundred years. <laughs> um, but obviously, it's, you know, the first huge, huge event in America. Yeah. You know, post 9/11. Um, so obviously, you know, people are feeling a certain way, and we all remember that time. Those of us that were that were around. So you have, you know, first this the entrance, you know, and you have Bono walking to the stage through the crowd um, and you know that you have that access you feel like Bono is amongst you and he's, he's more you know um, and then you know just get they get right into it they get right into the set list and it's really only two full songs yeah. that they play yeah one of the short yeah one of the you shortest know. lists if not the shortest well certainly the shortest list on our list of five here tonight but yeah very two not that it was a short performance just it was a short list of songs it was two songs right and 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 you know i remember watching it as it happened like no one knew what to expect no one knew what they were going to right. do um but you know they play beautiful day yeah. um and then they you know they go into you know an intro the the, the song mlk they play a little bit of that intro 
right into where the streets have no name. And yeah, during that time they start, you know, they start scrolling names of nine 11 victims behind them, you know, going from bottom to top. And I, I remember as soon as the name started coming up and you hear like, you know, that little guitar intro where the streets have no name and just the chills yeah. and just how emotional it was the way they were paying tribute to to the victims yeah. of 9-11. Yeah, that was that was um it was it was definitely I mean it was a weird time anyway for all of us. But uh we live in a world now where everything was like pre 9-11 and post 9-11. And this was the first mm-hmm. Super Bowl, the first major, you know, televised anything, you know, after the tragedy. And uh talk about a tall order for any artist. U2 was huge. I mean, it's not like they got some up and coming band, this little band U2 nobody's ever heard of before. No, I mean, they were a huge, huge band, but, but anybody taking this, I don't care, you know, how, how long of a career you've had or how big you are, how famous you are. That had to be nerve wracking, man. I mean, you needed some veterans up there, you know, and, and they, 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 you know, I don't want to use a sports analogy, but it hit a home run with that. I mean, they really did. Yeah. You know, and, it, and, and obviously they're an Irish band, you know, so to, to go within a band with a band that, you know, you could have just put some, you know, a band, an American sure. band up there to kind of just because they're from America, but no, it, it was you two. They stand for a lot more than just yeah. that, you know, so they, you know, and they get up there and they put on this performance and performance, they, I mean, their performance itself as musicians. Was yeah. Great. They were, they were fantastic. They, they sounded great. Yeah. They were just great. Um, you know, they had that sort of circular stage with a pit in the middle. So there's fans in the center of this circle. And, you know, Bono is running around on the, through, you know, doing yeah, laps around. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, there's as the song is coming to an end, you still have the name scrolling yeah. behind the, the band. And, and Bono opens up his leather yeah. jacket to reveal the American flag on the inside. Just it, it's still like it still means something to yeah. me when I see it. Because I remember yeah. living through that time and seeing it happen live. Yeah. Um, it's just a lasting memory. Like it was great music performance, sure. but it also meant more than yeah, that. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, watching it again, all these years later, man, I still got a little choked up watching it when they did that, you know? Yeah. First, the name starts scrolling up and that kind of, that hits you. And then when, you know, the American flag, you know, inside his jacket and the, the reaction of the crowd and everything, it was, it was a huge moment. And uh, yeah, man, yeah. easy, easy to get choked up watching something like that. And something else that I, that it, it struck me as as uh, as interesting too, um, when we were watching that, you know, this was twenty two years ago now, and mm-hmm. the names scrolling up on this big black tarp that was hanging down behind them were actual projections. We're so spoiled now, and we're so used to everything being LED screens and everything. And at one point, yep. I happened to catch like some letters shining on the drummer's face as as they went up. And I was like, oh my God, that's actually yes. a projection. So that was really cool because it was huge. That tapestry or, the, or the, yeah. the tarp behind him was enormous, you know, to fit all these names on it. And the names weren't small either. It wasn't just like, you know, a bunch of text just scrolling up super fast. I mean, you could read every single name. And uh, and yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, that's a full on projection. So I don't know, it just kind of struck me as as interesting. I'm like, wow, that's that was kind of pre or LED was probably still kind of in its infancy. Um, so yeah, it was a straight up projector, man. It was cool. And it just it, again, it t- took me back to that time a little bit, you know, because you know at, at that point, you know, that's late January, early yeah. February of 2002. So you're maybe three, four months outside of the actual event, sure. of 9/11. And, you know, remember how much time you spent during those days 
you know, watching cable news and it's just, you know, footage from the yeah. towers and, you know, the, the, the pile, you know, the, it's still smoking, it's still mm-hmm. burning, you know, and of course, you know, you had your distractions throughout the football season, but this was bigger than that. It was, it was the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was this gigantic American event that we celebrate <laughs> every year, you know, and, and you too just doing an amazing yeah. job to help help us and the world get through it. And I, and I think, yeah, I think there were some people that at least initially, I I hope by the end of their performance, you two won them over. But I think there were some people that were like, really an Irish man now, like today with, you know, living in the world we now live in. um, And you're not going to have an American band, but what people may forget or may have forgotten or overlooked at the time was they've always been like, into humanitarian efforts and, you know, doing, you know, charity concerts and charity events and hosting things. And just, I mean, that's always been their thing. So, I mean, if there is going to be a band that's, you know, has a global presence, I mean, again, they, at that time, and and they're still a huge band, but I mean, at that time they were huge. I mean, they were Mm -hmm. one of the biggest bands in the world. You know, they've always been, that kind of band. So it made sense for them to kind of be there. And uh, they were good ambassadors for the rest of the world looking at America during the Super Bowl yeah. after, you know, our biggest tragedy in our nation's history. So absolutely. So uh, Bono and the, and the boys and you too. Thank yeah, you very yeah, much. Amazing. That was great. All right. Well, moving on to number two and uh, yeah, I, this was one that you and I both had at, at number two as well. Yeah, there there was no yes. there was no debating this one. Um, number two, uh, Super Bowl Fifty Six, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California, uh, two thousand twenty two. Uh, the Rams beat the Bengals. Not gonna lie, the game is a blur, but the halftime show, like it was yesterday, man. God, I was I loved <laughs> loved this performance so so much, and of course I'm talking about uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, and the one and only Eminem. Oh my God, I I know I'm a little biased because everything that Dre touched in his career, I've always been a fan of. I mean, he not only you know N.W.A. When I first really started getting into rap and hip hop, N.W.A. was a huge part of that. You know, and then. Of course, you know, a few years later, he introduces the world to Snoop Dogg, which, you know, as, right. as he, he's launching his solo career and building his, you know, aftermath empire, he, he gives the world Snoop Dogg. And that alone deserve you know, he deserves every bit of recognition for giving the world Snoop Dogg because <laughs> Snoop's the best, man. And, and of course, Mary J. Blige, who is amazing fantastic singer, great performer, you know, and was on a lot of those, the, the big hits, you know, for Dre as well. Yeah. And then of course, you know, M, M just comes out and just the place yeah. goes bonkers. I remember watching it and and thinking at the time, man, I was a little bummed because I felt like they kind of like shortchanged M, but you're going to have Eminem come out first. Come on. I mean, he had yeah. to close the show, right. so it made sense, but I'm just going to rattle off the songs really fast for you because again, 11 songs included in this performance <laughs> and every one of them is just awesome. Next episode, of course, Dre and Snoop uh, featuring a brief instrumental sample of nothing but a G thing. Go into California love uh, and then 50 comes out. Did we even say 50 yeah. when we were doing this? We forgot to, we forgot to mention oh, 50 cent. Forgot to. God damn. Yeah, we forgot 50. <laughs> 
Uh, apologies, Curtis Jackson. Lord. Man, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's 50 hanging upside down, starts doing in the club. That was insane. Yeah. Uh, then it's Mary's turn with Family Affair. And then she goes into No More Drama. Uh, and then it's Kendrick Lamar's turn, Mad City. All right. Uh, and then we finally see Eminem. He comes out and joins Kendrick Lamar on stage for Forgot About Dre. Launches into Lose Yourself. Again, place goes bananas. Uh, and then a little bit of the instrumental version of I Ain't Mad At You, uh, Dr. Dre playing the piano, a tribute to uh, Tupac. And then everybody comes together on, on the stage for uh, Still Dre, Still DRE. Yeah. That is a uh, a power pack performance, if you ask me, man. And I love the, the celebration of West Coast hip hop and hip hop culture. Yeah. You know, and even I, I, after watching it a couple of times, I noticed that the field was covered in, it's an aerial map of LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you got you got the low riders yeah. out there on the field. And I mean, you know, w- did you ever in your life, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago, when you first when West Coast hip hop and NWA yeah. and all that broke and kind of came out that someday you'd be watching a Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> watching a dude crip walking. Right. Right. A, a Super Bowl halftime show and Snoop's out there yeah. doing it. And you're just like, yes. Yeah. You know, like it's a celebration of of everything. LA. Again, going back, you know, early nineties when like NWA way came out and it's taken that long kind of that validation or that acceptance into the mainstream like it took that long before they would even be considered for something like a halftime show like okay they're safe now right 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 snoop dogg had a show with martha stewart that that's all i'm gonna say i mean right if that you know (laughs) if that didn't normalize a lot of that culture and make it a little less scary for people, then, you know, I don't know what did. I mean, yeah. One one other thing I wanted to get back to just about performance is one of the things I loved about Mary J. Blige Mm. was after she finished No More Drama. Yeah. The collapse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She just collapses on her back, you know, and and just sells it. That was it. Like I'm like, damn, that's a great way to end a song right there. I just gave you everything I have. And I collapse on this. I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I've always loved her, man. She's just, she's one of those singers that when she's doing her thing, man, I'm believing it. I'm just buying into every single word. I feel like when she sings, yeah, yeah. you know, she's not just singing, man. She's living or, or reliving, you know, or putting herself back in that moment when she wrote that song. It's just, there's some artists who just have that. And it was interesting too, because, you know, it was, it was clearly a hip hop focused yeah, know, performance, but there was some, you know, there was musicians on stage. There was live instruments, yes. and whether or not all of them were being played live, sure, I don't know. Sure. But I think some of them appeared to be, and it looked pretty damn cool when it was. Yeah. Happening. So anyway, yeah, man, go back and watch the Dre um, and 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 friends, the Dre and friends halftime <laughs> Super Bowl halftime show. Even if you're not a fan of hip hop, yeah, just, just go, go appreciate check it, out, it man. It's... And that's what we're trying to do here, man. Yeah. That's what we're always trying to do, man. We, we even admit we're like, well, I'm not that big of a fan either, but this was amazing. You know, we started off the, the right. episode that way. Find stuff to appreciate in, in, in this stuff, man. Yeah, for sure. All right. Now here comes the <laughs> biggest non surprise ever in the history of yeah. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> The worst kept secret Nobody, in podcast history. Eric loves this artist. No one who's ever listened to this podcast <laughs> will be surprised that our number one Super Bowl halftime show was Prince. You have to go with Prince. You have to. Even if you're not like Uber fans like us, you have to. There's, there's a lot of other great performances too. And, you know, we could give some honorable mentions in a minute. But 
you might like another artist better. The Rolling Stones played in the Super Bowl halftime show, and it was it was great by all accounts. But and you you could like the Rolling Stones better, but you watch the two performances next to each other side by side, and you cannot tell me that the Rolling Stones were better than Prince's. They just weren't. You can like the Stones better. I that's you know personal preferences. That's your own thing. But you can't tell me from a performance, from an emotional impact, or or all of those things from an artistic point of view. Stones came out and did their thing, man. They were the Stones. They were great, but they were the Stones. Dude, yeah. Prince put on just the, the production, his band. His dancers, his performance, his guitar solos. We'll talk about that in a minute. I mean, just oh everything was so epic. So let's go back. It's 2007, right? It's Super Bowl 41 in Miami. Colts beat the Bears. Duh, Bears. Pouring rain. I mean, yeah. just pouring rain. And then even at the start of uh, you know the halftime show, like that first camera shot, there's the raindrops yeah. on the camera yeah. lens. Um, so it just looks just looks amazing before the even the, the first chord like it just looks yeah. great and then you know prince opens with this brief we will rock you intro <laughs> with some some pyro and some fireworks and then he jumps into let's go yeah. crazy i had mentioned guitar solos good lord oh, prince just puts on a god. clinic during that song man oh my god and the thing is like that the audio isn't that good for that yeah song. that was the only downside Totally not Prince's fault, but yeah, you really couldn't hear the rest mm. of the band. But that made that solo stand out sure. even more. Like he's just shredding, <laughs> <laughs> and you're watching a Super Bowl halftime show, which sometimes are just pop fluff. Yeah, you know, for sure. Sometimes they are. Great time to get a beer, go and to the bathroom, this, or you know, half right, pay attention bowl, or watch the know, puppy whatever. bowl. Right? Yeah, <laughs> not not when Prince is there, man. Nope. But he's up there just an artist just pouring everything he has into that yeah, performance. 100%. Yeah, he's another one. I was talking about Mary J. How like I believe every note when she sings, uh, Prince is that too, man. Yeah. Not, you know, when he sings, but also when he plays guitar, man. And I, you know, I, I've known a million guitar players over the years, you know, been in bands and stuff and people, you know, guitar player, oh, you know, Prince is overrated, blah, blah, blah. Dude, it's not even always about you know, yes, there's faster guitar players or there's cleaner guitar players. It's about the emotion. It's about the way he translates, you know, what he's feeling through that instrument. And in that respect, are there bum notes here and there every once in a while? Sure. Half the time he's making the shit up as he goes, which is amazing. Um, But you know, he played, you know, it was like a Hendrix where like, oh my God, yeah, maybe at times it might have been a little sloppy here or there, but the emotion comes through. And a lot of these like virtuoso shredder types, dude, it's it's just speed and, and you know, there's nothing that you don't feel anything. Right. You know, Stevie Ray Vaughan's another one. Right. That dude, he could play one note and bend it and make it cry. You know, like that's, right. that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah, look yeah, for yeah. in a guitar player. And uh, yeah, Prince is that and then some. Cool. I mean, and then he from Let's Go Crazy, uh, he you know the Florida A and M marching band comes out. Yeah. Um, and he prints a medley of 1999, Baby I'm a Star, and Proud Mary. Yeah. Which, you know, you didn't see coming. Like you're you're sitting there watching, going, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like, exactly. From from Proud Mary, then he goes into a little medley mm-hmm. of Dylan's All Along the Watchtower, yeah. and Foo Fighters' Best of You, with more just ridiculous guitar yeah. solo work yeah. again because halftime shows get everybody pumped up and excited dance to some fluffy little songs and he's out here playing proud mary write an older song and then a dylan yeah. song and then he'll then he'll finish with sure. the fighters yeah in that medley so just an interesting choice from interesting guy is basically what yeah. i'm getting well at. and let's not forget too that you know 
one of his heroes, uh, Jimi Hendrix, did a version of All Along the Watchtower, too. Great yeah. point, Eric. Eric, with the Bringing in the fact. fun facts. That's what I'm here for, everybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fun facts. Hit me. The Foo Fighters had done a cover of Darling Nikki. And Prince, for people who didn't follow his career or maybe see a lot of interviews with him or know kind of who he was, he was a sarcastic little prick, man. And he would sometimes say things in a, you know, sarcastic way or a playful way. And people took it as him being a dick. And after uh, the Foo Fighters had covered Darling Nikki, an interviewer asked Prince, you know, what did you think of, you know, the Foo Fighters doing your song? And he said something along the lines. I mean, it's not a direct quote, but he said something along the lines of like, I don't know. I haven't heard it, but, you know, just do your own songs, man. Why, why you got to steal my shit? Right. And all yeah. these people got up in arms because, of course, you know, the Foo Fighters are huge and all this stuff. And who does Prince think he is and everything? Well, Prince had been doing cover songs live for years or or including them in parts of medleys and things, you know. So this Super Bowl yeah. halftime show wasn't anything really out of the ordinary. He does that a lot. And so what does he do during the Super Bowl halftime show? He plays a fucking Foo Fighters <laughs> song, which I just saw was genius, dude. Like, that is- that's dope. So anybody that was... Dude, that is great. Oh my God, Prince is an asshole. He doesn't like Foo Fighters, but he's like, everybody relax. Look, I'm going to play a Foo Fighters song. And then he did like in, you know, later on in other interviews, he was like, nah, dude, their version of Darling Nikki killed. Like he thought it was great. But yeah, everybody got so mad at him for, you know, God forbid you say something bad about Dave Grohl, you know, and he really wasn't. And so just to prove everybody wrong, he played a Foo Fighters song, which I just thought was, and and that's his way, you know, he's not going to backtrack in an interview. He's just gonna be like, you know what? I'll shut you up here. I'll play a Foo Fighters song. Does that make you feel better? Yeah. But yeah, great, great stuff. That medley was, uh, that was cool. Yeah, man. And then uh, of course in the pouring rain, he has to finish with Purple Rain. Like, there's no other way to finish the set, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was, and that was, oh my God, just talk about a, a, a stroke of just amazing luck. You know, most people would be pissed. I got to yeah. go out and perform in the rain. <laughs> and he's about right. to end with his biggest song and it's called Purple Rain and he's out there in the rain. I mean, yeah. you, you couldn't moment. have oh. planned that any better, man. Now that was, and then of course you know that's that's when the, you know like the white sheet yeah. comes up and it's the silhouette of him playing guitar and it looks a kind of phallic. So people were like, is, "Is that is he playing a yeah, what? yeah 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 you know yeah?" And this was not <laughs> far removed from the whole uh, Janet and Justin debacle either. So people were like, "Was that on purpose? Yeah, was, was that just an accident?" You know? Oh my god, what was that? What was that? I think I may have just seen a penis. <laughs> And oh, and also the stage, let's not forget, the stage was amazing. That was sick. Yes. The big giant, you know, the the symbol that was his name for, for many right, the years. Symbol. And uh, just lit up in purple. And I mean, that was um, impressive as well. Kind of like the Rihanna thing where like, dude, that stage was huge. And it was, yeah. it was so clean and so perfect. They had to have built that thing and like that had to be like 16 pieces that they wheeled out onto the field, you know, slapped together, bolted it together, lit it up. I mean, and it looked amazing. And it, and of course, the rain, it, it was wet. Yeah, like it so everything shimmered. And, incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, speaking yeah, yeah. of which, uh, let's not forget the unsung heroes of that performance. Uh, his two dancers running around mm-hmm. that stage in heels, absolutely killing it. Yeah. Didn't fall, didn't slip. I mean, just absolutely destroyed. I would have been out there shuffling like when I walked on ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. A hundred percent. Oh, geez. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, I oh, hope no. I don't break oh, a hip. Oh, no. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Prince is out there in his high heels. His dancers are running around in their high heels. And Just so, so fantastic. epic. So, so epic. Yeah, yep. dude. We, we had to go with Prince number one on yeah. the list. Greatest halftime, Super Bowl halftime yeah. show ever. A lot of critics agree. That one was just one for the ages. I wonder if somebody's going to come yeah. along and, and one day do better. I just, I don't know how. <laughs> it's going to take somebody real special. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's good. Yeah, I don't know how you top that. There you yeah. go, Prince. Once again, you'll hear that name yes, a sir. lot. Well, <laughs> we're going to do a uh, an episode with like the greatest like thrash metal songs of all time. And I'm going to somehow work Prince into there. It's just. <laughs> yeah, somehow that'd be a Prince reference. <laughs> or I'll at least mention like Seinfeld. Somehow. Like Superman? Seinfeld, there's a Superman <laughs> reference in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I will work Prince into anything. So part of our conversation uh, this week leading up to this recording was bands that we think should have been in Super Bowl halftime Yeah. Or could still be. Or could still be. Somebody missed the Big boat. Time. Like, dude, ACDC. I mean, come on. Maybe not right now. I get it. But 10, 15, 20 years ago, like at some point, ACDC should have been in a halftime yeah. show. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk out, they walk out in that Thunderstruck intro and the place just explodes. I mean, Are you kidding me? How can that you... song is built for that kind of audience too. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that song just builds with such an intensity and just, you know, it, it's a kind of song. I mean, we, we just did an episode about, you know, songs that get you pumped up. That's one of those songs, man. And at a sporting yes. event, what? They use oh, it all the time. Man, right. Anytime you want to get the crowd fired up, that's one of those songs that that's a go-to song and everyone just loses their minds. So ACDC, absolutely. T- I mean, it just, you know, I know everyone's from a crossover appeal, this and that, but everybody loves ACDC. Yeah, yeah dude. You don't even have and to be like a hard rock or metal fan or anything like that. They're, they cross over, man. Yeah. yeah. There, there's ACDC songs that my wife loves and she doesn't even really like listen to that kind of music, but. Yeah. So that, I think that that's a missed I opportunity think so. right absolutely. there. Um, what else you got, dude? Eric? What other right. bands? Just from a sheer production value, and a band who's got a lot of iconic songs that that fit, dude. How has Kiss never played a Super Bowl halftime show? Yeah. Again, yeah, that seems maybe like best, not your yeah. cup of tea, but you want to talk about a band that puts on a visual, just amazing performance and has great. Dude, come on, Detroit Rock City. Can you imagine opening a Super Bowl halftime show with that intro? Come on, right and. Rock and roll all yes. night. Like, come yeah, on. Of course, that's the closer, the man. You're going to close with that confetti. Yeah, going to yeah. come flying out. I mean, it's the dude. You fucking pyro. It's shit blowing up everywhere. It's like. easy. It's <laughs> easy. How How has Kiss never done that? It's perfect. Yeah, maybe maybe Gene wanted that too much money. Be. I don't know. Yeah, that's I possible. Know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, Kiss would have yeah, been great. Yeah, I think they are made for that. Or they yeah. were made for loving you. <laughs> that was fucking great, dude. That was stupid. <laughs> Uh, but Metallica, Metallica. I mean, come on. Even those dudes are sixty years yeah. old right now, and I know it's demos, demos, demos. But who? I don't care how old they are. Like Metallica still appeals to a broad range of yeah. people. Yeah, like everybody loves entertainment. Yes, come on. Again, played you know I mean? at every sporting event: football, baseball, every soccer, sporting event, uh, badminton. They're gonna play enter sandman <laughs> yeah it just seems like another just huge missed yeah. opportunity you know like just to have just an authentic hard rock heavy metal band like metallica would yeah. kill that and again sure. they're a crossover type of band they're like people uh, some yeah. people don't even think of them as heavy metal because you, oh do you like heavy metal no i don't do you like this metallica song yeah yeah i really like that song because they they're like acdc in that respect where they just kind of they cross 
boundaries for people. You know, I'm not really a heavy metal person, but man, yeah, I like that Metallica song. And they've had a lot of hits that weren't super, super heavy. And of course now, you know, after, you know, stranger things and the resurgence of, you know, the popularity of master of puppets. I mean, now come on NFL, come on, Roger Goodell. Let's do it. Get Metallica up there, man. Come on, Roger. Come on. Put their horns up, bro. Come on. Let's go. I think I think they're one. Yeah, well, while ACDC and Kiss, maybe that ship has sailed. Uh, Metallica's still doing it, man. Still doing it. Yeah, I, I think they could. I mean, I mean, the Stones, McCartney were probably older than I would Metallica so, is sure. right now when they when they played at Super Bowl. Absolutely. So, yeah, they could still do yeah, it, dude. Hundred percent. What do we know? We just make a podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> shit. Uh, that's uh, that, that's our yeah. show. We wanted to do uh, again. Just hey, our favorite Super Bowl halftime shows. Yeah, let us know what you uh, think. Absolutely. Give us give us some feedback. Again, we're always asking, you know, we want to hear from anybody who's listening to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, look us up on the socials. We're on Instagram at the Greatest Mixtape Podcast. We're on uh, X at Greatest Mixtape. We have our the, the YouTube channel is just called The Greatest Mixtape Podcast. And you can email us at the greatest mixtape podcast at gmail.com. Word. And Eric, yeah. I've got some shout outs for uh, you. nice. Okay. So we continue to to grow the audience in, here in America. Love it. So thank you to all the new listeners that are Hell coming yeah. on board and checking us out. Really love you and appreciate you. Picked up, ready for this? Yeah. South Africa. Nice, dude. South Africa came in and gave us a listen. Guess where else? You're never going to uh, guess this. Nope, you're right. I can't. Guadalupe. Guadalupe. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I'm not very smart. I don't even know exactly where Guadalupe is. You know what? I don't either. <laughs> but You let me down, dude. I was, I was like, here's the volleyball, man. Spike it. And you're like, nope, me neither. <laughs> no. I don't know that where the hell great, that is, but dude, you know what? That was so good. I love you, Guadalupe. I love you Wherever for checking us out. Wherever you are, you are the shit. Love it. God, we're so dumb. We're just a couple of dummies with By microphones, the way, man. We're we launching don't... our new podcast, which is a geography-based podcast. <laughs> it's called Where the Fuck Is That? <laughs> um, but like I say, man, we're hey, we're just a, a couple of regular-ass yeah. dudes with uh, with microphones here. We don't have a producer. We don't have yeah. sponsors. Barely so an eighth-grade education. If you can, if you, yeah, <laughs> if, if you're listening, you know, rate us review us subscribe just help us out with the algorithms a yeah. little bit and uh, we'd greatly appreciate absolutely, it absolutely 100% well on that note i guess it's uh time to say goodbye till the next time this is the greatest mixtape podcast i'm eric and i am Mac, and we're out of here thanks again Peace.